Love my steel products. Tell you about them every week. S-T-I-H-L. Go to SteelUSA.com or SteelDealers.com. And there's more than uh, 10,000 around the country. So you have one in your neighborhood. It's, uh, again, S-T-I-H-L. And it's like Christmas, man. If you go on their website and start shopping, I love the battery-powered products. I have a garage full of them. You can get blowers, you can get trimmers, chainsaws. They all are terrific and help cleaning up your yard. You're going to be the most popular person in your neighborhood because you're going to break it out and everybody's going to want to borrow what you have. So go to SteelUSA.com or SteelDealers.com and start shopping. You're going to love it. S-T-I-H-L. Just had a cup of Boyer's coffee. It's the best way to start the day. Good way to finish the day as well. They're the original legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster, and they've been brewed in this area since 1965. They're the proud coffee partner of the Colorado Rockies, and you can uh, find their product throughout the stadium, throughout the area. It's always smooth. It's always outstanding. And uh, I tell you all the time, the best way for me, just like you, you're probably on the go quite a bit, to get your Boyer's Coffee is have it delivered right to your house. Go to boyerscoffee.com and pick out your favorite flavors, your K-Cups, whatever it may be, and have it delivered to your house. It'll be there within a couple of days, and then you don't even have to worry about uh, putting it on your shopping list. But if you do, you can find it at all your favorite uh, grocery stores as well. BoyersCoffee.com, again, since 1965. Proud partner of the Colorado Rockies, and they have been brewing legendary coffee for generations. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, a special cameo from Ryan Spillboard, who may have struggled on the golf course earlier today. We both had a 68 at one point. Uh, that was through four holes. Speak for yourself, this through six for me. You owe me a lot of money, by the way, after that one. And our special guest, Rockies first baseman, C.J. Crone, talking about the culture in the Rockies clubhouse. The the clubhouse is a lot different than last year. Uh, Everyone's having a good time. We're making fun of each other. But we're also playing super hard out there. Everyone's doing their job, and um, everyone knows the role, and it's just been a a good start for us, and we're going to keep it going. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts, and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. I believe it is show number 147. I believe, I believe, I believe. And today, I'm looking out over the beautiful view, the skyline of Philadelphia. I'm in the booth, and I have to keep stealing the um, heater from my man Spilly because Spilly steals this when I'm not looking. And uh, it's not... It's not a real pleasant day, to be honest with you, in Philadelphia. Spilly and I played golf this morning at, at my buddy's uh, place, Aronimake. I throw that out there to sound like a really spoiled uh, person because that's like a really famous golf course. And Spilly and I both, at one point in time, had a 68. Fact, right? We both had a 68 at one point. Uh, that was through four holes. Speak for yourself. This through six for me. You owe me a lot of money, by the way, after that one. Anyhow, it is windy as all get out tonight and it's Wednesday as the Rockies uh, prepare to take on the Phillies and you know they've dropped the first two as we tape this and it's kind of frigid. In fact we stole a couple of jackets from the the clubhouse to try to keep our uh, tootsies warm uh, tonight. We're going to get into a a few things to go around baseball. Uh, I get this question once in a while what do you guys do before ball game? Well we the easy part or 
typically the easy part because sometimes the game is not the greatest and, and you have to try to hang in there. But the, the most difficult thing we do is, is preparing. And that's, uh, you know, going over notes and uh, reading different websites and different articles. And then you get to the ballpark and you talk to players and coaches. And then you go up to the booth where we are right now and uh, you make sure your book's filled out and you kind of go over game notes and you look at each other and say, what am I doing with you again? When's Huey coming back? That's what I normally say. I'm be, sorry. Be nice. Be nice. I'm not here. Uh, I'm not here just to make you laugh. This really does make me laugh. This really does make me laugh. Some of these golf shots today made me made me laugh. Spilly on a golf course that didn't have a lot of water. By the way, found a lot of water today. I was proud of you. You almost ran out of golf balls. That's pretty funny. You cannot play those Ranjay balls. They will kick you out of Aronimic. They will not invite you back if you play the Ranjay balls. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We were in Detroit. I want to say this about Detroit, and I said this on the air. We hadn't been there in eight years. And, Spill, you hadn't been there since you played. Am I right? Was it Aronimic? No, not Aronimic. You play Aronimic every time you're in Philadelphia. But you hadn't been in Detroit since you played. Am I right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I haven't been there in forever. I'm all in, too. I'm all in on Detroit. Detroit has cha- Detroit has truly done the proverbial 180. Downtown, vibrant, good restaurants, people out. We saw cranes. You would not have seen a crane 8, 10 years ago. No, and if you if you want to buy low on, on a place where you know you're going to have an opportunity like to say, like, I was all in on Detroit... That's your. There's plenty of room in that bandwagon. I love it. I love the team. I love the city. You could see that there's something going on there. Yeah, it's cool. I, I was really excited for the city because you, you never want. They were down and out, and you never want to see that. So first and foremost, the city's doing well. Uh, we're big AJ Hinch fans. He, he gets a second chance. We're gonna have AJ on the show at some point, and uh, he, he's one of my. Honestly, he's, he's one of my favorite guys in baseball. He's bright, and, and he owns up to the mistakes made. We'll get into that at another time. Uh, the big news, obviously, out of Detroit was Miguel Cabrera producing uh, his 3,000th hit, which was neat to be there and to be in the booth and, and do what we do. Uh, I'll tell you that both Spilly and I went the day before when they were taking on the Yankees, and, you know, Selfishly, we're hoping. Okay, I hope he doesn't get a hit. And there, and there were Rockies players hoping he didn't get a hit. That it would come against the Rockies, obviously in a Rockies win. And the game, the first game, went in a big way to Detroit. We'll get into that in a moment, also. And then the Rockies bounced back. But you want to, you want to witness history. And so we we caught his at bats on Thursday against the Yankees. And then the last one, Aaron Boone intentionally walked him, which was the right baseball play. And Miggy acknowledged that after the game. He said, no, they're trying to win a game. It's one nothing at the time. First base is unoccupied. They have a lefty on the mound, and there's a left-handed bat, and Austin Meadows coming up behind him. He made the right move, but it was great because the Detroit crowd just wore out Aaron Boone and started the Yankees suck chant uh, at that point in time. So the next day, he gets it on a base hit uh, through the right side, and the first guy over there, which was a really touching moment, was a guy he played with for five years and is a dear friend, truly, not just a teammate, and that is Jose Iglesias. And that and that was cool. And that's where the history of the game, the moments of the game, the bonds formed in the game trumped the competition for that moment in time. And uh, that was special to see. And when you start 
looking at the numbers that Miguel Cabrera has compiled. 3,000 hits, obviously. 500-plus home runs. 300-plus batting average. There's only three guys in the history of the game that have those numbers. Henry Aaron, Willie Mays, Miguel Cabrera. Then you throw on the fact that as we tape this, he's one double shy, one double shy of 600 in his career. So what he's done is really beyond remarkable. Also, as we remarked on the broadcast, he ain't getting any leg hits. I mean, this is a big man. So every hit he got was legit. Not that leg hits aren't legit, but you know what I'm talking about. So that was neat to be a very, very, very tiny part of and to witness. And, and now... I've seen, I think, four of them. Uh, I've, I've been in the booth for three. Biggio's, Suzuki's, Ichiro's, and, um, and the one the other day with Miguel. And I saw Ricky Henderson get his 3,000th against the Rockies uh, when he was with the Padres. The memories I have, really quickly, I remember Biggio's probably... I don't want to say better than Ichiro's. Ichiro's, I remember, he hit it off the scoreboard and it ricocheted, and he ends up with a triple, which I thought was uh, apropos because Ichiro had great wheels. Ichiro played right field, so I thought it was neat that it came in that direction. The one with Biggio, uh, I'll never forget this because true to the way Biggio played, he lines a ball to right center field, and he tried to stretch a single into a double, and Willie Tavares got over there and made a strong throw to second, and Biggio was out by quite a bit. And the funny thing that happened, and maybe embarrassing at the time to Houston television, that was the third out. And, and it's like they almost did a you know brain fart and didn't realize that that's hit number 3,000. You can't go to commercial break. We, on the Rockies television side, stayed put. Houston went to commercial break and they had to dump out of the commercial break and come back because that's when naturally the celebration started and the game was paused for, as I recollect, at least 10 minutes because Biggio took a microphone, he had the family out on the field and he wanted desperately for you know his longtime running mate Jeff Bagwell to come down and Bagwell you know, was up in a suite and made his way onto the field and he wanted to acknowledge Bagwell. And it, was, and it was a really cool moment. And by the way, he went on to have five hits that day. He went five for five on the day that he produced 3,000 hits. So, you know, that, that's in my memory bank. And uh, I also get the question, you know, what other big moments do you remember? Uh, and the, the other large one, as controversial as it may have been, was when Barry Bonds hit his 715, dead center field off Young Young Kim in San Francisco. And that was, you know, a large moment, naturally, uh, in in baseball history. So that's my uh, Detroit section of things. Now I'm going to kind of rattle off a few things since uh, we moved on to Philadelphia. Rockies played well in Detroit, bounced back after getting beaten up uh, 13 to nothing, giving up 20 hits, 18 singles in Game 1. They win Game 2 of that doubleheader Saturday. They win uh, on Sunday, and at that point, they're 4-1 heading to Philadelphia, a team they had taken 2 of 3 from in Denver. And the Rockies in back-to-back games Monday and Tuesday, the thing that I remember about those games is how poor they played defensively, which I think has been and will be, fingers crossed, uncharacteristic 
of this team. I mean, three of the errors came from Ryan McMahon. We know Ryan McMahon played as good a third base as you could play in baseball last year. He's got great hands. He's an accurate thrower of the baseball. Um, But if you play this sport long enough, you are going to have days like that. Uh, And and then you had the fly ball. It wasn't even an error. It wasn't caught out in center field. You didn't expect the same thing to happen the next day. Unfortunately, uh, it did. Almost a comedy of errors. So uh, as we get ready to watch the Rockies play on this Wednesday night against Philadelphia, this becomes an important game because they have not played well two days in a row. Nothing to panic about. They still have a a, a terrific record, but you'd like to bounce back and find a way uh, to get a W tonight. Get this question also. Brendan Rodgers, really struggling to start the season. What do you do with Brendan Rodgers? Well, Spilly and I were talking about this on the drive back from uh, playing golf today. When you have a guy that's established himself like he did last year and he really had a, a very good year once he was healthy coming off the hamstring he had a good year and he, and he finally figured it out he's also a guy that's hit at every level he's a former you know third pick in the draft this guy's a big leaguer and you know he's a big leaguer and big leaguers go through rough spots and you just got to keep rolling them out there that's what you do and that's the answer to that question uh that i've received uh in several corners Connor Joe Connor Joe keeps rolling I know he didn't get a hit last night snapped his 12 game hitting streak but his focus at bat to at bat pitch to pitch it's incredible and uh, if you missed the interview last week go back and and check it out uh, because he's just he's a deep thinker he's a fun guy to be around Uh, he's a joy to be around quite honestly so make sure uh, you check that out Uh, Kyle Schwarber Kyle Schwarber is a guy I've mentioned on the podcast before. You know I was hoping that, that perhaps it worked out where he signed with the Rockies. Didn't work out with the Rockies. Signed with Philadelphia. Big fan. Good dude. Uh, good at bat. He's going to draw walks. And when he runs into him, he's going to hit him really far like he did at Coors Field uh, last week. Kyle Schwarber was not happy with Angel Hernandez. I think that would be an understatement in a, a ball game on Sunday night against Milwaukee. Right as the Rockies arrive, we got to watch that on television, and that was one of the better tirades. Tirades, right? Ty- that's a good word, Billy. Is it tirade? Tirade, yeah. Ty- I want you, by the way, to work tirade into the broadcast tonight. Okay. Is that that's like when somebody comes? You have a flat uh, wheel, and somebody gives you tirade. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. It's close. It's very similar. Uh, I'll break out the Webster's for you later. You have to work tirade in. But that was one of the better tirades. I've seen in a long time. Have you? Do you one come to mind that's better than uh, Schwarber on Sunday night? No, I can't think of a better one than Schwarber. I mean, like maybe, maybe back in the day, you have like a, a Lou Pinella. Lou Pinella, um, Ron, you know, Ron Luciano would would get the the draw the ire of Earl Weaver. The thing I loved about that tirade is he took up. For both teams, it wasn't just our team getting hosed. Yeah, you don't see you don't see that. He's like, you're you're outside, you're inside, you're up, you're down, you're messing those guys up, you're definitely messing us up, and you're messing it up for all the fans with a bunch of f words. That's great, uh, and that kind of summed up uh, Schwarber's tirade, which is our word of the day. Our guest 
today is none other than Christopher John Crone, who is a bona fide cleanup hitter in the major leagues, and he's off to a fabulous start with the Rockies. You're going to learn a little bit more about CJ in our interview of the week, brought to you as always by Ideal Home Loans. Enjoy, everybody. Dude, you've been at this a while now, and I'm going to start out kind of where you are now, and then we'll, then we'll backtrack a little bit. I would think in your baseball journey, you may be in the best place you've been because you feel like I have a home. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess as a baseball player, as a competitor, you want to have that opportunity to play every day to kind of prove yourself, um, knowing that if you don't, you go 0 for 8, you're not going to be benched automatically. So I think this is really the first place in my career that I felt no matter how I do, I'm going to show up, I'm going to be in the lineup. And that just creates a, a comfort that hasn't quite been there. And um, I know a lot of guys don't have the luxury of, of what I've been able to get here in Colorado, and I'm, I'm super fortunate for it. You know, I mentioned a guy on the air the other day, and, and you're, you're a different player, but everywhere you've been, you've been productive. And I mentioned Reggie Sanders, if you remember back. Reggie Sanders was a really good player for a long time, but it always seemed that he was a great, like yourself, great dude in the clubhouse. He always had a new address like every two years, and you had been going through that. At some point in your mind, you go, why do I keep getting moved on? Yeah, of course, across your mind. Um, I guess my stubbornness, I, I knew I could still hit. Uh, I knew, well, I, I did hit, but I, I knew that um, a lot of it's just circumstantial. Uh, with the Angels, obviously, you're playing behind a first ballot Hall of Famer, and then they sign Otani to DH, and so there's no spot for me. And then you go to Tampa, DFA after the first year, but that's kind of what they do. Um, so nothing un- unordinary there. And then DFA again after, or wait, well, I don't even know, whatever the, the thing is, but with uh, with the Twins. But I always felt like just give me an opportunity, I'll, I'll hit for you. And uh, that's kind of been my mentality this whole way through. From, from a player standpoint, you, we alluded to this a, a moment ago, but knowing not only that you're going to be in the lineup every day, no, you, you're going to be in the middle of the order regardless of what the outcome was the, the night before, the previous couple of nights. But also know that, you know, you can set up shop in Colorado for a little bit. That has to make it so much easier to put the batting gloves on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, kind of gets back to the comfort thing, just knowing that I'm actually not going to have to switch teams every every spring training. I'm being in one spot for a little for a little while. It allows me to be comfortable, um, become an even better teammate, getting to know my, my teammates a little bit longer than the usual one year, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been special, and I'm I'm excited to be here. Now I've heard uh, rumors going back to last year that you're closet funny, closet witty. I say closet because you know I don't get to see that on a, on a day to day basis. Certainly the fans don't. So uh, accurate assessment of CJ Crone? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, there's a couple different. When I'm out there, I want to I want to compete and I want to win. Uh, that I consider that my job out there and. It's my job to, to produce for the ball club, but um, when we're not playing the game, I mean, 162 is so, it's, it's so much baseball, and you don't really realize that you're on the same guys for about seven and a half months if you include spring. So you have to you have to be able to have fun and have to be able to separate the two. Um, and that's kind of how I approach the locker room. I want to want to make guys laugh, uh, keep it loose in there, and it for I don't know about everybody else, but for me, it makes this all a lot easier. You know, it's been a really good start for the club, clearly. And you've been around now long enough in the game, and you were around the game growing up because of your dad and, and your brother, that we use this term, especially in broadcasting, well, they got a good clubhouse, they got a good culture. 
what in your mind makes it so and what makes this particular clubhouse special so far for you? I think with this one specifically, it's a lot of um, – last year was a lot of the guys' first year. Um, I think they're a lot more comfortable in the clubhouse, and that's just natural, I think. If you're an extra year in the big leagues, especially when you're young, you're going to start feeling more and more comfortable. So I think the experience is what I was looking for. Uh, the experience of that extra year is just so important. And I think guys are realizing that they're big league players. Um, they're starting to act like it a little bit more. And when you feel comfortable with all that, you're going to have a little bit more fun, it seems like. Um, and, yeah, like you just said, our the, the clubhouse is a lot different than last year. Uh, everyone's having a good time. We're making fun of each other. We're But we're also playing super hard out there. Everyone's doing their job. And, um Everyone knows the role, and it's just been a, been a good start for us, and we're going to keep it going. What do you impart to, to young players when it comes to something you had to adjust to last year, and this has been going on forever, and I wish I had a dollar for every time, even doing what I do, that I've handled this question. Going from altitude to sea level, not only what it does to your body and going back and forth, but, but movement of the baseball when you're trying to hit the filthiest guys in the world. Yeah, it's a little bit different, obviously. Um, but I think well, I think this year we're we're not throwing it out the window, but but we want to stay aggressive. I think we kind of let it get to us a little bit last year. Um, I mean, last series was a perfect example. Yeah, we didn't, we might not have had the most success as an offense, but we did enough, um, and our pitchers kept us in games. But we stayed aggressive throughout the whole time. It, if we happen to swing at a ball that's a couple a couple inches off the plate, we're swinging at it with aggression, and uh, that's always better than the alternate. So I think I think we realize that. We can hit on the road. It's not going to be as easy, but it's something that we need to just stick stick to our own approach. And um, I think the results will be a little bit better. You mentioned young players, and a guy who was young last year, at least in big league experience, and really kind of broke out was Brendan Rodgers after being hurt initially. He obviously has gotten off to a slow start this year. What do you do as a veteran player in, in that particular situation? Uh, I just – I don't I, – I mean, B's going to figure it out. I don't think I need to say anything. He, he knows. He knows. He's a, like you just said. He's done it already. So he knows what he has to do. Um, hitting's funky, though. Sometimes this is going to happen. It happens to literally everybody except Mike Trout. It seems like so. Um, he'll be fine. I think uh, he knows that he's a huge part of this team, and we're not going to we're not going to achieve anything without him being at his best. And he knows that, and we all know that. And it's just a matter of time before you. I think. I mean, he's been taking better swings over the past couple days. Um, but if I had to tell him anything, just just continue to be aggressive. Try to hit the ball in the left center gap with aggression, and uh, it'll all work out. More with C.J. Crone in a moment. But first, this for my longtime buddy, Brent Ivinson at Ideal Home Loans. They do a, a fabulous job of helping people navigate this crazy real estate environment and mortgage environment to get you the best rates, get you in the best product, and also uh, answer your questions as to how you can potentially, uh, if not refinance, help yourself out in the buying process when trying to purchase a new home. It may be the best time also to just refurbish your home, and they can help you do that. Give them a call at 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. They've been doing it for more than 20 years in our market, also down in Arizona. And as I love to say, they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they have so many return customers because of the services they provide. It's Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. Now back to more with C.J. Crone. 
I talked to you before the Detroit series because your former teammate, Miguel Cabrera, you know, he became immortalized. I mean, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. Did you have an opportunity? I'm sure you did when he was standing next to you right after it happened to, to converse a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's one of the best teammates I've had. Uh, he's been around. He's done pretty much everything. And he's also going to have 600 doubles very shortly, too. So I think one of the three players to ever have all that is... It's crazy. It's crazy kind of just to look back and realize how good of ball players I've played with and um, watching how he goes about his business and how good of a teammate he is is special. And for me to be at first for his 3,000th hit was really cool. Been able to give him a little hug there, check his pulse, but his heart was beating pretty fast. And uh, But that's how Miggy is. He likes messing around with people, and that's kind of why, where I got it from. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and I'm happy for him. One of the things we pointed out, because you're, you're not exactly a small man, is – Miggy standing next to you, he's a big dude. And I, I mean, I've seen him and been fortunate enough to call his games when, when he played the Rockies for 20 years. That's a big man. Yeah, he's big. Uh, the way he hits, too, is he uses right field. That's that's his go-to. And uh, I think his size and his power, he's, he, he made a career out of hitting the ball in the right field seats. And uh, just to watch him go about his business is is, is pretty special. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the best. All right. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Trout. When, when you were first around Trout, you had you had to be like every player, like, all right, what's this guy all about? How does he go about his stuff? What stood out to you when you when you first became teammates with Mike? Uh, well, obviously just how good of a person he is. He's one of the best teammates I've ever had. Um, very personable, always messes around with the guys, has a lot of fun at the yard. Um, and it kind of just rubs off on people. When you see the best player taking himself lightly and allowing people to make fun of him and just being one of the boys you kind of realize that and we're all on part of the same team no matter how good everybody else is it's it's he's one of the best and then you you watch his at bats night in night out it seems like he's either walking or going deep or hitting the ball in the gap he he's never really off balance and it's he's one of the best that he is the best hitter i've ever seen uh, in person and i don't see that changing anytime soon no he's off to a fabulous start again that he's uh, now that he's healthy again all right i want to take you back growing up you're in a baseball family. Dad's Dad's been in the game forever. Uh, you and your brother. Was it just a kind of foregone conclusion that you know you guys were going to play? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I mean, like you just said, I grew up in the game. I didn't know any better. So I, I guess looking back, I didn't really realize how fortunate I was to be in a professional locker room when I was three years old or five, whatever it was. Um, I was just always around the game, and yeah, it's. Uh, we, me and my brother definitely enjoyed it. We, it was never forced upon us or anything like that, but we realized pretty early that um, we were a little bit different than all the other kids, it seemed like. It, like uh, mostly just baseball IQ. We just kind of we understood the game at an early age, and, yeah, it kind of just went rolled with it. Did the ball always jump off your bat even when you were, you know, 10, 12, 14? Uh, I would say, yeah, for the, but I really didn't hit my stride, it seemed like, until I got to college. Uh that's when my sophomore year was when I really kind of took a step. It seemed like um, I was a, I was a solid player in high school, but I think my second year at Utah was when I really kind of found myself and started putting together some pretty good numbers. Yeah, why why Utah? I mean, Utah's had a good program over the years, but you know, it seems like kid growing up in Arizona, U of A, Arizona State, that sort of thing. I just wanted to see what else was out there, really. Uh, uh, I guess with my dad being in baseball, he told me that. If I'm good enough, they'll find you. So just just go somewhere you want to go to where you know you're going to play. And 
Salt Lake City is beautiful. It's one of my favorite cities. So when I visited the campus and went to the football game, the basketball stuff, it's it was an easy decision. My dad knew uh, Coach Kinnenberg well also, so there was a little bit of comfort there. And, yeah, I just that's where I want to go. How much does Pop throw to you in the offseason? He throws to me... He throws to me quite often, yeah. Uh, we hit all the time. He, he loves to hit. He drives out to me to, to hit with me, and, uh, yeah, we, we, we let it go. He's still swinging a little bit? He'll tell you he can. I'm sure he can, yeah, he can hit a good fungo, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure he can hit still. All right, who, win, who wins the home run derby, you or, you or your brother? I don't know. What, yeah, I don't know. He's uh, He's got a lot of pop. I think he – I don't know. I haven't seen him hit in so long, it seems like, but uh, I'll give it to him. That's fine. Does uh, does your brother or dad, will they break down video for you in the middle of the season? Will they give you a ring and say, hey, I saw X, Y, or Z? Uh, we don't do much video. I think, uh, in my opinion, the ball gives you all the all the, all the the uh, response you need. It, it kind of tells you how you're swinging it. And um, there's times I'll look back, but it's always on the good stuff, I guess, uh, when I was going well, never when I'm going bad. So we don't do much video at all, no. It's more of an approach-based are you a see-it-and-hit-it guy, CJ, or, I mean, you'll take the data that's given that, you know, the data each year increases, as you know. Uh, how would you characterize your approach each night? A little bit of both. Um, there's a lot of analytical stuff that I like to look at. I mean, I've been on some extremely analytical teams in the Rays and the, and the Twins, so they help me quite a bit kind of realizing what I'm what I'm really good at and, and how to get the most out of my ability. And that's something I, I've brought here, and I still look at all that stuff too. But at the end of the day, you got to be able just to simplify as much as possible in the box and see it and hit it. I've heard there's some epic uh, chess matches that have gone on in the clubhouse between you and Charlie. Where are you, and uh, and, and what's the uh, what's the score right now? Uh, I've only been playing for a year, so last year he would beat me pretty good. Um, this year, I've been giving it to him a little bit. So I would say overall, we're probably right around 50-50. There you go. Hey, CJ, continued success, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for dropping by. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. You can never overstate when a player is comfortable. In fact, Buddy was talking about this the other day. And this applies to, you know, all you folks out there who have kids who play. And think back to your own athletic endeavors or whatever it is in life. Uh, we're having this conversation with Buddy. You're going to be better when you're loose. When you are loose and not tight, there's not a lot of tension, uh, you feel comfortable in your environment, you are going to get a better performance, whether it's uh, playing tennis, uh, whether it's you know at the, uh, shooting hoops with your buddies. When you're loosey-goosey, you're going to be better. And I think for C.J. Crone, who put up you know great numbers last year, to now know that he's going to be in a Rockies uniform uh, for the next couple of years, uh, you heard him. There, there's a comfort level, uh, and there's also a feeling like I'm wanted, I'm loved, and you know he loves the clubhouse, he loves his teammates, and I think you're going to see, you know, a couple of years in a row of big numbers put up by C.J. Crone. That's going to do it for this edition of the uh, Drew Goodman Podcast. Thanks, as always, for uh, for joining us. Make sure you check out the DNVR Podcast with my man Patrick Lyons and all the DNVR product. They get it done uh, every day of the week. A quick uh, go Avs because the, uh, the Avalanche are, are winding up the regular season. That was a big win against St. Louis after losing four in a row and getting prepared uh, for the postseason. And I'm all in on uh, on what's going on there. And for making a cameo appearance... 
Big thanks to one Ryan Spielberg. Spilly, you're the best. Oh, yeah. See you later. We got to do graphics. Graphics rehearsal right now. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.